we acknowledge the Wadjuk people and the wider Noongar community uh, on whose country uh, we conduct our ceremonies and do our zazen tonight. May the voice of the Buja be present in words, actions, thoughts, uh, and your heart. This is a, a Dharma talk on, on practice. You know, with the anxiety occasioned by COVID, um, you know, life gets to feel pretty unmoored. Um, there's difficulty in planning. I mean, it changes our notion of future. Uh, uh, freedoms are restricted. Uh, and I, reflecting on it this morning, I was thinking it also changes our notion of memory, uh, our memory itself, which, at least, maybe this is old age, but it feels somewhat flattened and harder to detect over a couple of years. Um, so, in a way, past and future, in the ordinary sense, um, are kind of somewhat diminished. And I guess my hopeful thought in all of this is that we can practice, uh, focus more on present moment and exactly where... Uh, we are. Um, uh, that's a hope, uh, at least. And as this hope is so beautifully confirmed, if any of you can see the window there, there's just radiant with pink and orange and silhouettes of trees. Yeah. Yeah. No need to look for the self. In the midst of all this anxious uh, not knowing, not knowing what will happen, um, we are fortunate to have the gift of the way and the practice of Zen. Uh, it's been a blessing to be able to continue it, uh, you know, live, not necessarily face to face, because we're facing the wall a lot of the time, but uh, in this kind of way. Uh, you know, it is, it is a, Zazen is a miracle. You know, you just sit quietly. You come here, um, we come here, and we just sit week after week, um, just sitting quietly. Uh, nothing happening at, in some kind of way. Um, it is so open, so gentle, that if you continue to sit, you realise that there is no barrier between uh, this and this, for instance. Uh, your true nature, your true self appears naturally uh, in Zazen. At the same time, uh, this is open, so you get to experience another kind of intimacy, which is the intimacy of <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> yeah, you know, your fears you get to know yourself in the most ordinary kind of way uh, what are you afraid of? 
What makes you angry? You get to know your anger. You can trace its geography, uh, throat, gut, crown chakra. Uh, yeah. So just sitting itself is a miracle. And, you know, when you sit Zazen, every human being who sits Zazen is deluged by thought. You know, we all think it's just us. You know, the rest of the dojo's sitting there, everyone's looking so assured and uh, sitting well and obviously deeply enlightened and uh, free of all distraction. Um, the reality is everyone, we all uh, struggle. It's human condition. And there are periods of openness too, but often uh, it, f it feels like, um, like being in a shower of rain, a heavy shower. But, you know, every time you, you come home, uh, each time that you realise that you are lost, you are home. Okay, that very realisation. Oh, lost. And from the beginning of time, all is forgiven. You just start again. So it's great not to hang around and beat yourself up about the fact that you lost 20 minutes, apparently just uh, you know, lost in thought. It's okay. It's completely okay. Uh, you just come back and... When you realise you are lost, you are home. Uh, yeah. Your practice is a means to connect with everyday life, in your, with your everyday life. In a way, your everyday life is not other than you, yourself. Yeah. How about right now? Uh, who are you right now? You can't practice your life which is not less than its own seamless performance. The word practice suggests a rehearsal for a coming performance. That might be true for music, um, but there are no rehearsals for life. And as far as I can tell, each of us gets one go only, and that is that. Sometimes it feels like uh, we are rehearsing for a performance that actually never comes. This is uh, overthinking. Um, yeah. We endlessly rehearse what's to come, just as if we were trying to get to know our lines in a yet unwritten play. Um, and the truth of the matter is that things rarely go the way we feel they will, um, or even that we hope they will. They go in ways that we never dreamed of, sometimes for good, sometimes for ill. And our anxiety about it all fuels our obsessive overthinking. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who died just recently, a couple of weeks ago, invites us to see the way our avoidance shapes our lives. 
he said, imagine you're sitting up in a tree, you look down and you see your patterns of avoidance as a maze of scuff marks crisscrossing in the dirt, tracks obscuring tracks, as we fearfully shape our present circumstances to avoid some humiliating encounter we had a long time ago. And you, you go to the party and uh, the person that you're afraid would be there is not there. Please sit comfortably, by the way, if you're not already sitting comfortably. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you meet someone who uh, unexpectedly is interested in just the things that you are interested in. Um, uh, or you have a quiet time and explore your host's library, you know. Ever sneak off into another room and sit, sit by the bookshelf and... <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the party that one is afraid of, the event that one is afraid of, is so much uh, richer with turning up. And the spirit of Zen is to turn up uh, for the geek. There's an old saying, tell me what you love and I'll tell you who you are. We could also say, tell me what you fear, and I'll tell you who you are. Love and fear are deeply connected, not least because we cling to what we love and we fear its loss. A high official asked the old Zen master, Chao Cho, how do you practice, master? Chao Cho responded, if I practiced, it would be a disaster. What a great line. Everyone, we immediately feel reassured, you know. It's like, oh, even he, uh, even he thought practice was a disaster. It's not just me. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful line. Uh, if I practiced, it would be a disaster. What's that about? Hmm? <laughs> in one, I, yeah, we can play with it, but in one way it's a bit like if I practice, there's me and there's the practice. Uh, uh, it's a kind of, you know, it's a dualistic situation. But he's saying, you know, engage uh, completely. So you are completely intimate. Then there's no one who is practicing at some level at all. Uh, there is just the hot night, uh, sweat. Where is the practice? Where is the person? So then, how do you practice? Uh, I like to think Zen is a regardless practice. You practice regardless. Um, good to set a regular time and stick to it. If you only practice when you feel like it, you mostly don't get to do it at all. When we feel resistance at the prospect of sitting, just getting onto our cushions and noticing how quickly the you notice how quickly the resistance can disappear. I don't want to do this. I think I'll have a coffee. It would be better after a coffee, I think. Um, but after five minutes of sitting, it's like, oh. <laughs> All of that is forgotten. I think it's good to be regular, I think it's also good to have a change uh, from time to time too. Uh, you know, I sit 
pretty much religiously each day, but some days, you know, occasionally I don't sit. And I find the world feels so strange and beautiful. Um, you know, it's strange and beautiful when I do sit. Um, and, you know, occasionally I'll have Saturday off and just go for a walk, and, uh, which is practice too. And, uh, yeah, every, you know, everything shifts. It's marvellous. Uh, keep your practice fresh. So... Uh, sitting, whether you're sitting in a chair or sitting on a cushion, um, it, it's it's good to sit. Oh, it's hard to do this, but your bottom should be thrust out, uh, your back a little bit curved. You are sitting upright, and it feels light. Uh, elbows light, jaw unclenched. Cathy's. Um, uh, Workshop, uh, workshops on science illumination are wonderful for um, sitting, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here. But that advice of sitting soft and open is so important. Many of you are sitting leaning forward when you're in a chair or on the cushion. Um, sometimes you can see that your jaw is clenched. Check those things and soften them. Uh, upright. Um, light, open, uh, everything feels soft as far as it can. And yet uh, the spine is, provides the, the structural support for everything. Everything hangs off, if you will, the spine in the city. Don't treat Sazen as business as usual. When you sit two rounds or more in the morning, the day grows out of your morning Sazen like a flowering tree. Keep your practice fresh. Breath counting is the fundamental practice and if you are struggling uh, it's good to come back uh, to counting the breath I exaggerate a little bit but one two It's good to extend the count along the breath. It keeps it, the whole thing more intact. Although I'm pushing hard here, each breath is different. Each breath is like a wave on the ocean. Some are big, some are small, some are mere ripples, uh, some are giant. Everything gathers as one, two. The universe comes forth as three.
with Kant's, with the Kant's of the first barrier. Um, who am I? Uh, who is hearing that sound? Um, just breathing uh, a single syllable is enough. So, well, this is for who is hearing that sound. Grief is good. Two things, it's just glide and, if you will, push. So with who uh, you glide, with the, the question which is implied, who is hearing that sound? Is spirit of inquiry. So, with who opens everything up, spirit of inquiry, who exactly is, what is this, what is this? You know? um, and in that way, like left foot and right foot walking, uh, you engage the car and, and go down uh, into it. There are no correct uh, answers to those cards. There are only living responses to them. Robert Aiken talks. We don't live in. We don't live and practice in a monastery. Uh, we have work. We have families um, to attend to. Um, we have a very very. Yeah, important connections in the world. So Robert Aiken recommended islands of practice, um, moments in our day when we train ourselves to return to the moment in particular circumstances, uh, when, the computer, when our computer is booting up, when we're walking across the car park, sound of feet. There are heaps of uh, opportunities to return to practice. Uh, in extremist ones too, like being on the traffic island and the traffic's roaring past your backside, you know, and you come back to your car or you come back to your breath, or you come back to the fullness of the moment there. So wonderful to find islands of practice to, to come home, and you can stabilise that to some extent as well. when a particular floorboard creaks on your back veranda as you're heading to the bathroom, there's a good opportunity to come back. Wonderful practice of when you're walking, um, just touch your thumb and your forefinger lightly together and creates a mudra um, which uh, brings you home to where you are. I like to say it sets fire to inside and outside. Just that very simple mudra. Walk with that mudra. Uh, and the traffic and the buildings of the city pass right through. No, no separation.
You know, in all of this, it's very serious, this talk on practice, but it's good to cultivate a sense of humour. Um, carry it lightly. You know, in a way, it's serious business, it's deep, all that transcendent imagery. Um, it can all become a little bit stuffy. But keep it, keep it light, keep it open, keep it joyful. Your life is completely unique, unrepeatable, and beautiful. So I just want to throw a few questions out for our, for our Dharma sharing. Um, yeah. How do you practice? What's your home dojo? What's your practice, place of practice? Things you've found helpful for your practice, it's great, or inspiring. Concerning practice, um, how do you encourage yourself? Yeah. Um, important not to give away confidential matters like the koan you're working on and things like that. I think this group is very discreet, so it feels hardly necessary. But, um, yeah, good uh, intimate matters like that should be. But... Um, it's a great chance to exchange ideas, suggestions, things that inspire you, that may inspire uh, others. It's a good place to start from. Um, I'm wondering if we can just make this a little bit less formal without making it dangerous. So, uh, some kind of oblate spheroid shape. While respecting social distancing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, before I get carried away. 